the Pillars of Health podcast with strength coach John Carroll, coming to you from the Movement Lab in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're about to dive into everything you need to know when it comes to strength and conditioning, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. Check us out on movementlabrally.com and coachjohncarroll.com. And now your host, John Carroll. All right, I'm glad to speak to Dominique Nass today on the Pleasure Health Podcast. Welcome, Dominique. Hi, welcome. Welcome, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into kind of find out about you and your background and what you do, let's just launch straight into the icebreaker question and we'll get our our, our show on the road, basically, so to speak. So, yeah, one thing that came across my mind the other day was what did we do before direction, I'm sorry, before smartphones for directions, right? So (laughs) what was your go-to? Yeah, literally getting the show on the road. Um, <laughs> maps, <laughs> maps. I love maps, and okay. uh, so I, I always, uh, wherever I went, I would buy a map. If it's a new city, I would buy a map of that city. And uh, I remember I lived in London from '95 to 2003, and there was uh, this book called The London A to Z, mm. um, and it basically had every street in London, and no one would go anywhere without it. Right. So that's what I did. Okay, okay. I feel like that's just a more comprehensive way of really, truly finding your way around, you know? Yes. As yes, opposed that, to as opposed to the cell phone way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And there's a sense of uh, there's a sense of adventure too. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're yeah. you're kind of doing it in real time. You're like, okay, like things may not work out. I'm, I'm kind of trying to navigate exactly. here yeah so exactly and i think there's also or there was also more of a tendency to ask people certainly for myself like with my cell phone i just want to work it out by myself and i i'll turn around you'll see me in the street you know moving right. moving the phone with me and yeah. but uh i think i i i talked to people more because of it yeah. uh, because i didn't have a cell phone I would, so, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I definitely feel like if I have the cell phone, I'm walking down the street, I'm you know, trying to navigate things. I'm, I'm like, okay, I need to figure this out because I have a cell phone. If I don't, that looks exactly. bad on me. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Awesome. All right. So, um, yeah, for everyone listening, can you go ahead and, and just kind of fill everyone in on your background and, and basically your path to becoming a transformational coach for high achievers? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so originally I'm from France, and I moved around a lot from the time I was 18. So, I worked in international education for 15 years in mm-hmm. Europe, and then Asia, and uh, then in the States. And when I did my master's in educational leadership, a whole a whole module of it was around coaching. Absolutely loved it. So, I coached a lot of teachers in schools. And as a teacher and as a school administrator, I loved to focus on high achievers, high achieving students mm-hmm. and uh, really working with them to get them thinking more, but also dealing with all the pressure that they're, that they're dealing with. And so that was really the foundation of everything. Then in, in uh, 2017, had a bit of a, a crisis and was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? I don't want to do this anymore went away from it and decided to take a year to explore and it became very quickly it became apparent that both coaching and working with high performers was uh was meant to be mm-hmm. and so i decided to do a full-on coach training i did that with uh, the neuroleadership institute 
became a certified coach by the ICF, the International Coach Federation, and uh, put it all together and started my practice. Um, uh, voila, it was all done. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, well, one thing that really stands out to me there that you mentioned was, you know, the way you took a year off to kind of, you know, kind of, kind of feel things out, right? Yeah. And I feel that's more of a European way as opposed to an American way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I work with so many people in transition and there is um, especially, I think you're right, especially in the United States, a sense that if you're not, if you don't know where you're going, what you're doing, you're not using your time productively, you're mm. lazy, etc. And um, and I, I, you know, I always go to research around transition and for a real transition to happen, you need that downtime, right? Mm -hmm. You need that time away. You need to have space, a little even disorientation where you're, if you look at rites of passage rituals, uh, most of them will send people out, you know, into the forest or right. whatever it is, but away from their usual environment so that there is time to explore, to think, and to gain different perspectives. And I yes. think that's something that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame that not more people give themselves permission to take the time. And it doesn't have to be a year. I, right. I, I, I think for me, it was really the first three or four months until I then started to, to do things. Yeah, I think it, it, it's so important to have that time. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. And, and the fact that, you know, you're just kind of figuring things out, especially at, at a younger age in that transition period between like a high school to college. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when, when a lot of kids in the U.S. go to college, they're, you know, maybe 17, 18, maybe 19. And if you were to ask them, well, what do you want to study and do for the rest of your life? Well, I have no idea, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's, totally. where, that's where that transition uh, period comes in, yeah. I agree, yep. Awesome. Yeah, so um, let's get on to, you know, just the type of people you work with and, and some of the biggest challenges you face with that uh, subset of people. Yeah, so I, I work with a lot of uh, leaders, people who are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. Uh, I guess I work with more of a psychographic rather than a demographic. And so the common thread between all these people is that they're very driven, they're very motivated, there's a lot of pressure in whatever it is that they do. Um, and they're usually people who want to do everything. They want to do it yesterday and they want to do it alone. Right. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's tough. Quite a few of them are in transition, uh, and, and by that I don't mean just changing careers, but it could be someone who just got a promotion and they already have to step into becoming a leader rather than being a team member. It could be a solopreneur who's uh, maybe scaling and suddenly they have to become a leader and they have to step into that identity. So that's the, the sort of people I work with. In terms of the challenges, I have a whole big list of them. Um, and I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of high performers have sort of dirty little secrets. And one of the, the main one is that often they feel very lazy inside. And mm. the reason for that is uh, everyone admires them, right? So everyone around them tells them just how amazing they are, how right. great, you know, what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're a high performer, most of the time what you do comes easy to you. Mm -hmm. So you might spend a lot of time on what you do, uh, a lot of work, 
But there's that lack of challenge that often comes up. And and that I see in people saying, well, you know, it's not that hard. So they're playing things down, but also they say that because they're not really challenging themselves. And there's there's often a fear that, well, if I do really challenge myself, what am I capable of? You know, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's a big question. So that's one thing. I think another one is uh, it's really, really hard for people to slow down. As I, I mentioned earlier, right, this, this sense that if you're not producing something, yeah. then uh, you're, you're whatever, you're lazy, you're right. selfish. You're anything, you're, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, there's, a, there's also a lot of good things that come with being a high performer that have a dark side so people are very self-motivated that means incredible growth they can uh, change very quickly but nothing's ever enough and that means that there's always a sense of I have to do more I have to do more and you never really slow down to appreciate what you've done right Um, there's also a sense of being very self-sufficient and impatience with others when people are not working at the same speed or at the same level and so there's there's a sense of well I'll just do it myself and so not asking for help often means that you miss out on people supporting you you miss out on people understanding how you feel because people see what you do that they don't see how you feel yeah Um, and you also miss out on gaining perspective because you you just do things one way it's kind of this one track mind type of um uh, way of doing things and a a couple more things that come up are really uh the the creativity a lot of high performers are really creative they're great problem solvers so they want to do lots and lots of projects um but there's that sense of well i want to do everything and they end up not really prioritizing and that doesn't uh, that doesn't help because yeah. it, that creates more to do. So a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of challenges come up, and of course the pressure of often a lot of money is at stake, yeah. a lot of responsibilities, etc. So that's another aspect of it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lots that, of things. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> One of the, and again just kind of like summarizing and, and taking certain things you, you just mentioned. Definitely the phrase of like people wanting things done yesterday. Yes. You know, we, we definitely like at, at, at the movement lab and, and just in our previous history of coaching people, me and my colleagues, we, we come across people who are just like, I guess, you know, the typical description of that person would be a type A or, you know, yeah. um, but this would be more, you know, high achieving. But they have that drive, no doubt. And from my perspective at times, it's just finding a way to really control it and funnel it in the right direction, you know? Agreed. And that I, f- I find that I'm sure you find out that movement, that, that that's when you see people moving from being a high achiever to becoming a high performer. It's when people can actually sustain a certain level of growth and a certain level of, of uh, motivation, of drive, etc., without going over the edge. Yeah. So finding that balance. Right. Right. Now, for these people, obviously, and, and everyone in general, really, because stress and stress management is something that you just can't get out of when it comes to life, right? Um, yeah, yeah. 
but for these people, I feel like it's it's more on the cusp and definitely something that's more prevalent in their lives. And what are, what would some of your recommendations in this area be for stress management? Yeah, I uh, again, I have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll say that it's really important to understand what stress is. And for many people, it's basically feeling that they don't have enough resources, whether that's physical resources or emotional resources, whatever it is, to cope with the demands that are put in front of them. And so there's that sense of losing control. And I really think that to manage stress, you have to regain control. And so one of the big things that I ask a lot of my clients to do is to slow down and identify their non-negotiables. So what are they not prepared to compromise on. Mm. So this could be, you know, spending time with their family, spending time with their kids or or self-care, whatever it is. But what is it that you're not prepared to compromise on and really create some strong boundaries around that? Um, Because no one's going to do it for you. And if you keep giving, no one's going to say no, right? People are going to keep taking. Yes, yes. So identify non-negotiables is one big one. I mentioned earlier, you know, wanting to do everything. So I think prioritizing is such a big task and it's a task that's very taxing on the brain. So a lot of us decide to to leave it, you know, far away. Plus, we want immediate reward, immediate gratification. So we go for a to-do list, yet taking the time to prioritize and choose projects that you work on carefully, choose what you're going to do throughout the day is really, really important. So if you're highly creative, you want to bring every project to life, that's not possible. You can you can do many things yeah. and you can probably do anything, but you can't do everything. That's true. So one of my coaches, I, I love what he says. He says, if, it, if it's not a hell yes, let it go. Because if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. There are no hell hates. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's like there's no hell maybes. Yes. So, so if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Let it go. Let it go. And that means that you're then choosing to work on things that are hopefully in line with your values, with your purpose, and that keeps you in sync. That keeps you motivated, aligned, and generally avoid a lot of stress Mm -hmm. because you're doing something that's important and meaningful to you. I think also (laughs) this one, this one is a, is very important. And the second part is more important than the first. The first is surround yourself with people who will call you out. Surround yourself with people because as high performers, again, you get so much admiration that people don't really call you out. So surround yourself with people who do call you out And the second part is listen to them. (laughs) Mm. Actually listen. When someone who's close to you, who loves you, whether it's a a colleague or a family member or a spouse, whoever it is, or your child, tells you to slow down and take some time out, listen. Do it. I think also, and, and these are more, you know, very, very specific things that I have my clients do, is building an awareness around how you feel every day. And that's really a question of avoiding burnout before it happens. So what I mean by that is several times a day, check in with yourself. And for some people, um, I have some clients who have a calendar 
reminder at, at a certain time. I have people who have decided, okay, every three hours I'm going to check in. And that could simply be taking a deep breath, close your eyes. How are you feeling right now? How are you feeling in your body? How are you feeling in your mind? What are the emotions that you're that are coming up for you? And deal with it in that moment. And if you're feeling yourself, you know, your heart is racing and mm -hmm. you're feeling overwhelmed, then take the time to take a breather because it will, on the moment, it feels so counterintuitive to do that. And yet we know from so much research that taking a break will actually help you perform better. Right. So, so building an awareness routine is so important. And along with that, uh, building a recovery routine. I mean, you, you know, as athletes, athletes don't perform at 100% all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, they need to build in recovery because yeah. that's that's how that's how our bodies work and that's how our brains work. So, along with an awareness routine, build in a recovery routine. What are you going to do in order to protect both your 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 mind, your body, your your values, all of those things? And I go back to to this idea of setting boundaries around your non-negotiables and really doing that for yourself because. No one's going to do it for you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, yeah, that is a lot of really good advice there. And I love uh, quite a few points you just mentioned. And when you just the one you finished up on, obviously, having that planned recovery time, because kind of what you alluded to in our notes here for today's episode, general adaptation syndrome, like Dr. Hanzelia, <laughs> you know, and, and in there you have basically the stress response, the adaptation to it, and then overtraining or uh, a variation of that. But we also need to keep in mind that recovery is highly important right. to be able to perform at our highest, right? Exactly, exactly. And not just not just physically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Another thing that really, really stood out to me was kind of what you mentioned in relation to being able to say no. Now, with, with high performers, do you feel like that's something that comes up regularly when it comes yes. to like work and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, the, the typical profile of a high performer is someone who thrives on, uh, on praise and on, on being able to please people. I have so many people who want to do things because they want to help and they want to be there for everybody. And so saying no becomes really, really hard. And yet it's only when you're able to really stick to those non-negotiables that you can that you can fully thrive there's a you know there's that sense of like well if i say yes just this time it'll be okay mm -hmm. but we see so many uh instances in life right where you start saying oh just this time just yeah. this time just this time <laughs> and then just this time turns into 30 just this yes. time yeah. right <laughs> So I think saying no and, and really making a, making a point of it and telling people, I think we underestimate how much people want to help. And so if we say to people, look, I'm going to apologize in advance, but if you ask me in the next 15 days to do something that's not on my calendar, I'm going to have to say no. So please don't ask me. And if you do, know that I'm going to say no because right. I have to focus on this. Yeah. And it's incredible just how many people will respond to that and will actually be okay with, with the fact that you said no. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, it takes, it, it takes us as an individual really making a conscious decision to change the way 
we behave. Right, right. And I feel like when someone learns how to say no and kind of protect their non-negotiables, right? And it's almost freeing in a sense because like, okay, I don't have to do all this stuff. I can actually choose what I want to do. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. And that learning comes with the confidence to say no comes with doing it, right? Comes right. with practicing it. I like to, to think that confidence is a result of what we do. It's not a given. It's not something that just happens to us. So the confidence to say no comes with maybe starting with just very small things, you yeah. know? Yeah, um, exactly. And kind of build it from it. there. Yeah. 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 One thing I'm definitely going to use is like the uh, the phrase you mentioned, like, is it a hell yes or a hell no? So <laughs> right, right. That. No hell maybe. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's one thing I'm going to adapt moving forward. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. You can thank my coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of the some buzzwords we hear floating around a lot of times are, you know, you got to have this work-life balance and... And, you know, you got to do this in order to have that balance in life. So I'll let you address that, that phrase, work-life balance. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I just don't believe it exists. Right. I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a thing. I think, you know, it, it sort of implies that everything work is not good and everything life is good. Mm -hmm. And that's, not, that's just not true, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd hope that your listeners, and I, I know that, I'd say 98% of my clients love their work. They really enjoy what they do. So I think to me, it's more about how do you build for yourself a framework of what's really important to you? What matters? What's in line with your values? What's in line with your purpose? Um, and if you don't know what your purpose is, that's fine. What's in line with your values? You can work that out quite easily. And I think that is a much more not only manageable, but also realistic way of looking at balance in our lives. Because some people might want to have more work stuff because they, they, they thrive on it, they love it, and yeah. it helps them be happy. The, yeah, because I feel like, you know, when, when, like you said, when people say, well, where's your work-life balance? Or has, well, straight away you're insinuating that nobody enjoys their work, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> It's like, that's not the case. Some people really enjoy their work. And obviously, you know, there's some people who are maybe, you know, buried under a mountain of work, but that's a, that's a different, different episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like, how, how do you approach that with people? Like, is that something people will mention to you when they come in and, and then you have to kind of coach them to kind of think of it a different way and kind of build that awareness? Yes, I, I have so many people, not necessarily, necessarily who come in and say, I have problems with uh, work-life balance, but definitely around balance. And yeah. so there's definitely a process of, of how I would coach someone around that. And the first step, as you, as you said, is really around building, building awareness. What is it that, what is it that, that disconnect means to you? And what does, we also look at what does balance mean to you as an individual, because what it means to, to you, John, and to me are very different things. Right. So we look at eight different areas of their lives. We look at relationships, career, all of those things. And we actually create a visual. A lot of coaches use a tool called the life of, um, sorry, the wheel of balance or wheel of life. Or, mm -hmm. And I'm sure if people Google it, they can find one. It's, it's very easy to, to find. You end up with a, a really cool visual of where 
people spend their time, but also their level of satisfaction in each of these areas. And it, when you see it on paper, it has an effect that just talking about it just doesn't have. Right. And so we can then really dig into, okay, what impact does that have on your life? What impact does that have on yourself, on your self-esteem, on the way that you're working, on your productivity, all those things, but also what impact does that have on those around you, mm -hmm. on, on your family, on your friends, on your team, you know, if you're a team leader, right. or even if you're not a team leader, if you're a team member, like how does that impact people around you? And often that realization of like, wow, this is, this is where I'm at right now, really creates creates a, a a willingness to change, you know, yeah. and a, a trigger to see, okay, this is not the person I want to be. Right. And so that's when we start looking at, okay, well, who is the person that you want to be? What's uh, what's your ideal? What if if your life was in perfect balance? If you felt that this is the perfect world with the perfect amount of everything and the perfect amount of emotions, etc. What would that look like? And so we create a really strong and vibrant, but also specific vision of where they want to be. And once again, we look at the impact of what that would have. What If you were to live in that vision, what will become possible for you? If you, if you come from that place, if you live in that place, what are you then able to create? And, mm -hmm. and when, the, when the possibilities open up in front of, of, uh, of my clients, I hear it. You know, I hear a switch in their voice. I hear a, a change. Yeah. Um, and so that's when we work on commitment. Okay, well, what, you know, how important is this for you to, to create? And once we have that, we can start looking at how we're going to do it. Because once you know the why, why you're doing it, the how becomes very, very easy. Right. Everybody wants to start with the how, though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, definitely the the ability to, you know, kind of put down on paper and see where you're actually at as opposed to where you think you're at in your mind. I can mm -hmm. see that being very helpful. All right. Yeah. It's so incredibly helpful to, yeah, to have the visual. It's suddenly, it's gonna, it, it can be a slap in the face, I have to say. Yes. It's not a, it's not always easy because you're, you're looking at reality in the face. Yeah. Literally, it's in front of you. And, and we do a really good job of like kidding ourselves into thinking that we're doing something a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? Like we're devoting this much time to something and, and this much time. And, you know, I'm kind of filling this bucket and, you know, whereas when you actually sit down and analyze it on paper, you're like, I'm not doing that at all. So <laughs> I know, I know. I'm laughing. I'm, as you said that, I was smiling and laughing because I did that very recently. And right. I was like, this is really not what I'm doing. <laughs> I have this vision of me running through fields and I'm like working at my desk like crazy. So, right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's some really, really good points there in relation to like how to approach building awareness, right, of, of where we're devoting our time when it comes to our life in general, not just like two areas of work and life. There's, there's obviously a lot more to everybody in just those two areas. But yeah, some really good advice there. Now, I did notice that we share quite a few of the same tastes in books. Uh -huh. um, I noticed on your, your essential. Unsurprising. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, on your essential reading list. So I've kind of divided it into to what you have on your website. So we're going to touch on basically some of your recommendations in four different areas. And we'll start off with life. Yeah, and I, I'm going to give you just one for this one because I think it's a must for anyone uh, of any age and it's all the places you go by dr zeus mm -hmm. and uh, people are always so surprised when i come up with that book but it's just what life is about you know you you have feet in your shoes and you can steer yourself any direction you choose and i, I really believe in that so i think you know it'll take you maybe 10 minutes to read it but give yourself that gift it's a it's a must yeah i think it's it's a it's a gift of perspective as well right Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because for me, you know, traveling is one of those things where, uh, you know, it's definitely one of the times I feel the most alive and like free when I'm when I'm going to a brand new area I've never been before. There's a certain excitement and curiosity that's there that you can't really relate to many other experiences in life in general. Absolutely. And I, and I think that goes with that also is true, not only for traveling in space or, or going to a new place, a new country, but also just just doing something new in life, right? right. There's always that sense of excitement, oh, trying yeah. something, whether it's a hobby you've never tried or whether it's, you know, creating a whole new job for yourself or whatever it is, there's, that, there's also that sense of excitement and you're making new connections in your brain, you're firing new, you know, new neurons. It's, it's awesome. Yes. Um, yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, uh, next one is definitely relevant to what we've been discussing regarding stress management. So your recommendations for slowing down. Yeah, I, I, I have a couple here, and one of them is Insights by Tasha Yurik. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. And the other is Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. And both, I think, are really good to get you to pause, think about, why you're doing things in a certain way. So insights is really about perception of ourselves by ourselves and others. And designing your life is much more practical, taking steps to create a joyful life, basically. And I think it just doing the exercises in that book pushes you to really take a step back and you know, going back to creating awareness, creating an awareness of where you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, and not enough of us take time to do that. So right. those two are really good to help you just really slow down and think, oh, okay, that's where I'm at. And yeah. then you can start creating what you want. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely one of those I'm going to have to pick up because uh, slowing down has been put on the back burner for a while. So uh, I need to address that, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Awesome. Let's take a look at confidence next. Yeah, confidence. Uh, so I, I know this might be off-putting for some, but I put it there for a reason. The, the Secret Thoughts of Successful Women by Valerie Young. And she did so much research around imposter syndrome. And she has, I think it's in the foreword or, or in the introduction, she actually says that it's not aimed just at women, but mm. it seems to be that women suffer from it more, so that's who she addressed it to. Right. But I think it's something like 70% of people in the whole study, and she, she interviewed a lot of people, have at one point or another suffered for, from uh, imposter syndrome. So that book has lots of exercises, ideas to 
really gain confidence. But it also, what I love about it is at the start, she gives so many reasons why we might feel like an imposter. And I think pretty much anyone who's an entrepreneur will find one, at least one or oh, two yeah. things that resonate with For them. Sure. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, so, so yeah, I think that one is a really, really good one. And it, it helps you, you know, I was saying earlier, confidence is a result. It's not something that we're born with. So it helps you to create awareness and build confidence and see how you can build it for yourself. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one I'm going to have to check out too, because when I first had some imposter syndrome and, you know, had some thoughts of like, okay, do I know what I'm like, what's going on here? Do I know what I'm doing? You know, and all this type of stuff. And then I saw one of the, probably the most leading coach in the strength conditioning world that come out and say, Oh, I, I recently read this book about imposter syndrome because, you know, I have those thoughts as well. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. I'm, I'm not alone, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's make our way on to personal productivity next. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, I, I, I have so many, right? Flow by Mihal Shisant Mihal, Two Awesome Hours. I'm, I have so many books that I love. But I, I'm going to go with just one, which is Your Brain at Work by David Brock. He is the guy who founded the Neuroleadership Institute and has done so much research around uh, productivity. And I love the science in the book. So one part of it I'm not a big fan of. He has this metaphor for understanding how the brain works. It how the brain works. It doesn't really work for me. But but the 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 tips and the learning, understanding that. It's not your brain. It's not, sorry, it's not you. It's your brain. Right. I think it's so, so important because it kind of gives us permission to give ourselves a break. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that one, definitely, your brain at work. Awesome, awesome. All right, some really good books to add to the Amazon order list. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, uh, when it comes to, to, obviously, the people you work with, the high achievers, you know, because they're wanting to get stuff done and, and at a very fast pace and they're not strangers to really putting themselves on the line and working as much as possible and stuff like that. Is burnout something you see quite a lot with, with people in, in that area? So much, yes. Yeah. So much, yeah. Yeah, because it, it's, it, it's so easy to fall into it, right? We yeah. talked earlier about the general adaptation syndrome and, and you just don't even notice it. You start to adapt and you start coping with whatever is coming at you. Your energy gets depleted. You're not paying attention and all of a sudden you can't do anything anymore because you're exhausted. So I see it all the time. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like that, you know, it's it's only a matter of time. As a high performer, I, you know, mm-hmm. just that profile, I, if you're not careful and not self-aware, it's something that you will eventually run into. Um, yeah. What would your advice be for, for those people who may be a high performer and, you know, right now are not hitting burnout, but just to make sure they're not on that path? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier on creating boundaries for yourself, mm-hmm. but also creating those routines that we talked about, the awareness routine. So checking in with yourself every few hours in the day, maybe every couple of hours, work for 90 minutes to two hours and then check in. Um, and also a recovery routine um, is super, super important. And you know, one of the things I hear a lot is, oh, I can't do that. I don't have time. 
And I, I look at people and I say, no, you can do it, but mm. you won't. That's right. very different. Because if you say you can't do it, now you're a victim of whatever, you know, your work environment is or, or your family or whatever it is. You're not a victim. You're a creator. You create whatever you want to create. So mm. if you say no, it's a no. But you have to believe in it first. Yes. And so it's not a I can't, it's I want. And if you change that word to I want, it hurts. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so this, is, this is one of the, like, the major things that stood out to me as I was reviewing today's show. And Because we come across people who need to make physical exercise part of their lives for health reasons, right? And so we'll start off and go, okay, so you know, a good place to start is once a week and maybe twice a week. And then we'll get you doing some stuff on your own, blah, blah, blah. And... You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, I, I can't do this. My schedule's so busy. And like you said, it's it's not the I can. It's like you don't want to or you won't right now, but you actually need this, right? So Right. Yeah, and you know what, what I say when someone, when a client says that to me, uh, first of all, they stop saying that I can't because they know that I'm not going to let them <laughs> get away with it. Yeah. Um, but also I go back to impact. Well, what's the impact of you not doing it? Right. What's the alternative? Right. Yeah. And the alternative always looks a lot better. So let's do it. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a, that's a really good question to have in response to the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, we've talked obviously about building a framework when it comes to like creating awareness as, as to what we're doing when it comes to life in general. Let's talk about like the four different energies in relation, sorry, in relation to creating a sense of balance. Yeah, yeah, I, I did not make this up. I, I, this is straight from a really good book, actually, another one called The Power of Full Engagement. Okay. And this, they created this, this, uh, this framework, and the four energies are physical energy, mental energy, emotional energy, and spiritual energy. And I actually was leading a workshop on that last Sunday. I usually do this workshop in corporate, and for the first time ever, I took it out uh, to the public, and it was really cool to see the reactions. And I had a couple of people say, you know, I, I never really thought of these four as separate. And indeed, they're, they're, very, they're very interconnected, right? We're right. humans, and, and one thing feeds into the other. But if we can break things down, it often helps to remedy them. So, yeah, so, so looking at these four energies separately, there was a lot of insight for a lot of people around, oh, okay, so if I do that, it's going to impact, let's say, my spiritual energy, and that's going to give me more energy to do physical mm -hmm. work or mental work. Right. Um, so so yeah. just, kind of, just kind of being aware of, like, the different buckets for each one. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And yeah, you, you talk of buckets and I talk about uh, about a, a bank account, right? If you yes, yeah. think about as you, ha you start the day with a certain amount of, let's say, physical energy in your bank account and through the day you walk your dog, you go to work, you take the subway, you get on your bike, whatever it is, you go to the gym, your energy gets depleted. So how do you make sure that throughout the day you replenish it? Yes. Yes, um, I, I love using the bank account analogy for, like you just mentioned, like physical energy, because, you know, a conversation we have pretty often is more isn't necessarily better, especially when you yeah. don't have the energy to do that, right? So yeah. uh, if you start off with $50 in your bank account every day and you spend 60 you know, we're not in a good place. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I'll kind of let you continue there in relation to just like some of the best practices in order to replenish and reflect. Yeah, you know, one thing I, I get people to do in my workshops when I when I do this one is create a little cheat sheet for yourself. Um, so have a, a three columns, and in the first column, you're going to have the type of energy. So it's, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental. Mm -hmm. In the middle, you're going to have a tip for what you can do. And in a third column, how long it will take you. So you you create a you do a little audit for yourself what what fuels me in terms of physical energy and what drains me and i'll go over some of those in a second and take the ones that are fuels for you put it in your cheat sheet and write down how much time it takes because once you have that in front of you you can stick it on your desk on your fridge wherever it is and when you feel a little low in one type of energy you can go to that and be like oh okay i can do that because your brain or you when you're when you're feeling low or you're stressed your first reaction is not going to be to think oh i'm going to replenish my mental energy right, right. <laughs> but if it's in front of you then there are much you have much more chances of actually doing it yeah so let me go i, I know we're, we're i'm going on here but i'm going to give you just a few questions oh, yeah, yeah okay that everyone can use so for physical energy, you might want to ask yourself things like, um, how much energy do you have at each time of the day? That's different from, for everybody. Mm -hmm. So what do you do at these times of the day? And you might want to rethink how you're organizing your day, if you can at all. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you eat? How do you explicitly take care of yourself? Is your physical environment at home or at work a pleasant environment to work in? How long does it take you to notice if you're hungry, if you're yawning? So those are all little signs that there's something that's going on in your body, right? right. So how long, how often do you take notice of those? What happens if you eat a certain type of food? What happens when you sit down for too long? So all of those questions will help you to sort of reflect on your physical energy. And in terms of tips, you might think of things like some people like to dance for a quick minute maybe have a healthy snack take a power nap or you know go for a walk yeah. or uh, maybe stand up for a little bit instead of working sitting down stand up stretch yeah. Yeah. so lots of little ideas there and i'm sure everyone who's listening will have their own ideas that they can add to that for emotional energy Questions that you might ask yourself are things like, uh, what makes you smile? What makes you joyful during the day? Uh, what is it that sparks anxiety or stress or fear for you? What fulfills your needs and not those of others? And we go back to that question, do you know how to say no to others and yes to yourself? Right. You know, who do you surround yourself with? Are the people around you like super draining or do they actually give you energy? How much do you worry? How much do you, how, how quickly do you make decisions? Because being indecisive can take up so much emotional energy. So with that, a few tips or things that you might want to incorporate in your day could be make yourself laugh, right? Watch a funny video, oh, work yeah. for an hour and a half, work for 90 minutes and then put on something funny for a second. Right. Uh, do something nice for somebody, you know, bring them, a, bring them a coffee, write an email or a quick text or send a video message to tell someone that you appreciate them. 
uh, maybe try to reframe a difficult situation and find the silver lining. Mm-hmm. So all of those things are really things that are going to boost you and boost your emotional energy. Looking at uh, mental energy, you might look at what's exciting for you is maybe it's learning something new, maybe it's creating a new project, engaging with clients. Um, How often do you find yourself in flow, right? Mm -hmm. How often do people interrupt you and how can you try to stop that? Do you continuously develop your skills? Do you tend to multitask? So all these questions can help you to really think about the way you function and then in terms of tips you can do things like respond to email only once or twice a day so give yourself just the right amount of time to do that and then disconnect from email so you can be in flow reduce interruptions really create daily goals weekly goals for yourself so you have small accomplishable i don't even know if that's a word You know, read something interesting, stimulate your brain, maybe take a class, go learn something new. Yeah, yeah. I, I, really yeah. Feel, I really feel like this is really good for people to hear because you're creating an awareness and then we're like filtering down into each different category. Okay, what can happen when it comes to the physical side of things, mental, emotional, spiritual, yeah. right? And I, I think it's, it's important to be aware of that because a lot of times we just blend it all together. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. It's just like yeah, yeah. you're just one ball of energy. But like, let's let's go ahead and, and examine each of those individually and see where we can create some space for ourselves. Exactly. I love. Yeah, and I love that expression, uh, creating space for ourselves, because mm-hmm. we 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 don't often do that. Yeah. Right. Thank you for that. Right. Um, um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. That's it. I have spiritual energy. Do you want to hear some questions? Yes. Or yes. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, last one. So things like what are your uh, what are your core values, right? And are they represented in different areas of your life? Do you engage in excessive speech, things like gossip, that sort of stuff? Not good for spiritual energy. Right. Are you attached to things, to the way of to ways of doing things, to people that drain you? Maybe what's a way for you to feel present? to it doesn't have to be a meditation practice for some people it's going for a run but what's a way to spend some time with yourself so what are your your personal sacred rituals if you like and tips around that could be things like write your own manifesto what are your most important beliefs go back to those regularly Um, identify your values write them down and ask yourself each day whether what you do is in line with them could be things like allocate time to the things or people that truly matter to you so you're connected to your purpose to what's meaningful and i'll stop here <laughs> <laughs> no that's uh, yeah that's all really really valid definitely something for consideration because again you know the life of the, well I, was, I should say modern life is just one that kind of tends to swallow us up in the, the hustle bustle as we progress day to day whereas if we can press pause and just kind of assess things and create that awareness that's going to do us so much more good for lack of a better term in the long run right 100 percent, 100 percent. well listen i i have learned a lot from today <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad well thank you for giving me the opportunity to share all those oh things. yes this, this has been this has been really really enlightening and i can definitely say that a lot of people listening will will find definitely find it the same way so yeah kind of fill everybody in dominique on where they can find your website and uh, online and 
you have any upcoming workshops and all that good stuff? Yeah, um, so I think the, the best way to find me is my website is dominiquemess.com, so my name.com, and then you'll find links to various things there. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. I uh, I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page that I, I, it's more for fun than anything else, Dominique Mass Coaching. But I think, yeah, my website is definitely the, the best way to get in touch and to see what I'm up to. I tend not to do too many public workshops, but I do a lot of corporate workshops. So if anyone feels inclined to talk about these things in their companies, I'll be very, very happy to do that. I love to say that I include in my workshops at the end of it, guided relaxation and meditation. Okay. Um, so it's always, it's called Yoga Nidra. And I've had people at the corporate offices of Burberry lay down and okay. go for this guided visualization. And, and they come out all the better for it. So yeah, go to my website, get in touch, Connect with me on LinkedIn. I love to to be in touch with people. Awesome. I will say your website is super easy to navigate, and it kind of inspired me to kind of simplify my own one. So, <laughs> oh, great, great. Yes. Well, I'm glad. I'm I like glad. the Thank I like the very simple approach because I feel like we've gone towards the end of there's just too much on every website now. You know, so yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I try to use it as a as a business card, so you get to know a little bit about me, but you got to get in touch if you want to know more. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, Dominique, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, John. I, I, that was a yeah, it was fantastic yes. being here. I had a lot of fun. Uh, everyone listening at home, guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to iTunes and drop us a review, and uh, we will catch you on the next episode of Podcast.